our hope and faith went through that veil, through that curtain, anchored onto the presence and the rock Jesus Christ that was in that holy place. The road into His presence has been paved for us. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. When Jesus died on the cross, the veil in the temple was ripped in half by an invisible hand, and it meant far more than most would imagine. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us. Today we're continuing the series, Mercy Triumphs, with part two of the message, The Message of the Veil. You know, the very moment Jesus died, the great veil in the temple was torn asunder. Jewish writers say that it was 60 feet long, 20 feet wide, woven to the thickness of a man's hand, and required 300 men to lift it up. Yet, an invisible power ripped it from top to bottom. In today's message, we're going to explore what the veil symbolized and what it meant for us when it was torn in half at Jesus' death. I believe you're going to be blessed by the powerful truth from God's Word. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share the message of the veil. We can't reach Him by our own good works, by our own good name, by any money, any price. We cannot reach Him. That veil of separation tells me there is a great chasm between me and God. And how frustrating that is. I want in, but I can't get in. I want to experience Him, but I can't experience Him because of the veil. When you think about it, the veil was like a giant roadblock. Making sure that Nobody could come into God's presence uninvited. Now both Matthew, Mark, and Luke record that when Jesus was dying, he cried out with a loud voice. You know, I was thinking about this. I can't remember a time in the gospel accounts when Jesus really screamed or yelled, but he did on the cross. He did on the cross. So piercing was the cry that a Roman centurion standing by was moved to say, truly, this was the Son of God. There was something about that scream, something about that yell. And this centurion believed on the spot. At the very moment this loud cry of the dying Christ rang over the heads of the awestruck multitude, that imposing wall of separation was laid hold of by a pair of giant hands and torn in half from top to bottom. Well, I think it made a loud noise. We're talking about something at least six inches thick, 20 feet high, and all of a sudden it was ripped. And the word torn in the Greek language is a powerful word. It means ripped with force. This was not a casual kind of slow-going tear. This was God. It was as if God was saying, I've hated this separation as much as you have. Rip! Now, the veil being dramatically ripped in two by God himself 
was the physical symbol of free, powerful, spiritual truths. And I pray you get these truths today because, listen, something like that that is that dramatic does not happen unless there is a powerful spiritual meaning behind it for us in the New Testament living under the blood of Jesus today. So let me tell you what those three truths are. First, a door was opened. A door was opened. Listen to Hebrews 10, 19. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter. Can you say those four words with me? Can boldly enter. Let's try it again. One, two, three. We can boldly enter. We can boldly enter. Heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. And then it goes on to say, by His death, Jesus opened a new and living way through the curtain into the most holy place. Christ's body was torn on the cross just like the veil was torn in the temple providing an open door to heaven an open door to heaven an open door to heaven through His blood. I love four of the words. I love those four words. We can boldly enter. Now, I want you to picture with me in your mind's eye a door. And this was real up until Jesus came. Here's a door. Here it is. It's a beautiful door. It's an impressive door. And we know that on the other side of that door is the presence of God, relationship with God, the blessings of God, the favor of God, experiencing God. We know that on the other side of that door awaits an incredible life and experience. But written on the door is a message. Because of your sin, you cannot enter. We grab that knob and we're frustrated. Let me in, let me in. But we see that it's bolted, it's chained, it's latched. We can't get through. You can't go over it, you can't go around it, you can't go under it, you sure can't go through it. We long to be reunited with our maker, but we can't. There's this door, there's this issue, there's this problem, there's this veil. You can bang on it. It's not going to open. Because of your sin, you cannot enter. Because of your sin, you cannot enter. Padlock chain bolted by our sin. But when Jesus died on the cross, listen, His shed blood provided the only key available in the entire universe that could open that door. And so now we come up to that door and there's a different message written on it. And that different message says, Whosoever will, let him come by the blood of the Lamb. Whosoever will. So now I walk up to that door and I find that if I say I believe in Jesus, I trust Christ, I receive Him into my heart, I trust in the shed blood of the Lamb, that the doorknob now turns and we hear on the other side the chains and latches fall off and we walk through that door. He opened a door when the veil was ripped in half. A door was opened. Say with me, we're no longer blocked by the curtain. We've been escorted through the curtain into the very holy of holies where God's glory is manifested, which we experience today when we worship. Did you notice when we worship, there was a presence that was beyond you and beyond me. That's the holy of holies, the Shekinah glory. When the Holy Spirit fell upon the church on the day of Pentecost, that was their birthday. And when that Holy Spirit fell, that was the power everybody was wanting to get to on the other side of the veil but couldn't. But now... It's for anybody, whosoever will. If you're a whosoever, say amen. amen. So first, a door was opened. 
But second, a road was paved. It says this, Hebrews 10, 20, By his death, Jesus opened a new and living way through the curtain into the most holy place, meaning into the richness of his presence. This is the road that Isaiah talked about when he wrote. He said, I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. This is God talking through Isaiah in the first person. I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a road in the wilderness. See, the wilderness he's talking about is our total inability to get to God on our own. We can't get there by good works. We can't get there by good intention. We can't get there by any other way. He's got to pave the road. We can't do it. He's got to be our way maker. We were lost in the wilderness of sin. But here's what the word way is telling us, a new and living way. But now God has paved a road right through that wilderness, right into his presence. I don't know if you've ever been lost in the woods. I've been lost in the woods a few times. I have a terrible sense of direction. I mean, you can just put me somewhere and turn me a few times and I'm lost. But now, I got lost in the woods. I can't tell you when you're, you know, reaching through stickers and bramble and forest and trees and bushes, trying to find your way, how thrilling it is when you see a path or a road because you know that a road is going to take you out of being lost. Now, here's the deal. A door provides access in. But a road provides the means of reaching a destination. And the two are completely distinct and different. A new and living way means once you walk through that door, there's a road looking right at you. Once you walk through that door, there's a road. It's paved. It's beautiful. It is so welcome to see it. There's your road, the highway of holiness, the king's highway. Jesus said there's two roads in life. He said, there's a broad road that leads to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. But he said, there is a narrow road, and that narrow road, it leads to life. It is life-giving. It is life-bringing. It is life-sustaining. It's a road of life and not of death. And Jesus said, few there be that find it. The narrow road that Jesus talked about is the road his blood paved for us. Because nobody can get on that road unless he puts you on that road. Nobody can get on that road unless he makes the road, paves the road, and then puts you on the road. We stand here by grace, not our own brilliant intellect. We do not wake up one day and say, I believe today I'm going to deduce logically that God is real and that Christ was really his son and I'm going to be saved. No, 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 no. You were lost and going straight to a devil's hell and God's grace touched your heart. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound saved a foolish wretch like me. And now watch this. I thought last night, Jesus claimed that he himself is both the door and the way. He said, I am the door for the sheep. Those who come in by way of the door will be saved. I'm going to read that again because it's good news. Those that come in by way of the door, only by way of the door, not by any other way, will be saved. And we'll go in and out and find green pastures. Can I give you some news today? There's not a bunch of doors to choose from. Jesus said, I am the one and only exclusive 
door. There's not another one. You can't go through the door of Buddha. You can't go through the door of Krishna. You can't go through the door of Muhammad. You can't go through the door of good works. You can't go through the door of good intentions. You cannot go through the door by any pedigree of your own. You cannot go through the door by trying to go around it or over it. You can't go through the door any way but by accessing the door who is Jesus. He said, I am the door. Say, well, Jeff, that's so narrow. You're right. You say, but that's so exclusive. You're right. Well, that doesn't really give you much room to move. No, it doesn't. But once you go through that door and get on that narrow road that leads to life, you will find that even though that road is constricted, it sets you free. You will know the truth and it will make you free. That road is the road that frees you. It is the road of discipline, yes, but it's the road of liberty as well. He also said, I'm the way, the road, the pathway that leads to heaven. He's both the door and Jesus is the way. Now through his blood, we can go directly to God anytime. The intimidating veil has been torn in half. The door of access has been opened. The road leading to heaven has been paved. Say with me, a door was opened. A road was paved. But i got to share one last thing. Our hope was confirmed. Now listen to what I mean by that. Not only is the door open and a road paved, but the tearing of the veil means that our hope of eternal life has been confirmed by God Himself. You say, Jeff, why do you say that? Because He's the one that tore that veil that He originally put up. See, the temple was a slingshot away from Jesus dying on the cross. Just over yonder, Jesus was crying out and giving up his last breath. And as soon as that last breath was exhaled, God's invisible hand reached down and ripped that veil in half. My son has opened a door. And my son has paved a road. And now I'm going to confirm that by myself reaching down and ripping the veil of separation in half. Hebrews says this hope of being saved is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest. We're never going to need another one. We've got one high priest. We're never going to need another one. He's been at God's right-hand side for 2,100 years, and He ever lives to make intercession for us, and we're never going to need another. There's never going to be a replacement. These verses tell us in plain language that we have an anchor for our soul that cannot be moved because it's founded on a rock, Jesus Christ Himself. Now, when I lived in East Texas, I pastored there for seven years. I was a city boy in a country town. I was raised in the concrete jungle. Everybody else there had been raised in the real woods. And I realized after I'd been there for a while that after every church service, they'd go off and they would talk to each other about the biggest fish they caught that week or the deer they shot that week. And all I could talk about was the book I'd read that week. So I said, I'm going to have to become one of them to reach them. So I went and bought a bass boat. All 
all my country guys there, including my associate pastor at the time, thought that was real funny. I got my bass boat, and they just thought, here goes the city boy out into the lake. And they said, we'll be praying for you, Pastor. I wheeled it out there. I set it out, and I said, oh, God, anoint me today. Anoint me today. I had all my gear. I had a depth finder. A depth finder is the way you kind of see the bottom of the lake, what's down there. I had my live well where you put the fish you caught, and I shoved off alone. And I'm telling you the truth. I'm standing at the pulpit. This is the truth. I got out there, I threw the bait out there, it sunk to the bottom, and all of a sudden I thought I was hung on something, and it was caught, but it went, and my pole just went, and the line began to scream, and then I began to scream. I said, oh my gosh, and I fought and pulled, and, and almost, I'm, I'm like Barney Fife, and I brought in... Are you ready? A beautiful, sparkling, glittering, gleaming, glistening, eight-pound black bass. I threw that thing in the live well. I said, glory to God. And I put my line out there again. Now, again, I'm at a pulpit, so here's the truth. That same bait on the same line in the same spot hit the bottom. I began to walk it. Bang! again. Now I'm thinking I'm under the anointing of God. This is a miracle. And I'm pulling it in. A great big five-pound black bass. Threw that in the live well. Right about then, my associate came pulling up in his big glistening red sparkly boat. He said, well, how are you doing, Pastor? Oh, I couldn't wait. I said, well, listen, uh, you tell me how I'm doing. And I reached my hand to the live well. You hear this, boom, 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 boom. My, that bass was fighting I pulled out this big eight-pound black bass. My associate went totally dead silent. They never made fun of me again. <laughs> you think that I wasn't heading straight for that circle of guys after church that Sunday? I jumped right in the big middle and said, hey, let me tell you what happened to me this week. And then I was thinking, I really have a fishing anointing. And I went back out there and realized the anointing had lifted. Right? But here's what I did learn. I had an anchor, and I learned that if you drop that anchor where it's just going to hit dirt and sand, any little wind is going to blow you away and carry you out into the deep of the lake and not where you want to be. It's going to carry you where you don't want to go. If there's any wind blowing, the anchor being anchored in sand or mud is not going to hold you. You're going to be blown where you don't want to go. But I learned if I could find with that depth finder a rock or a log somewhere down there that I could attach it to, then let the wind blow, let the rains fall, let the waves come and beat on the boat. I might be rocked. I might go around in little circles. I might experience a little bit of tribulation, but it never moved me from where I wanted to stay because my anchor was attached to a rock. Now, here's the deal. This verse is telling us that our faith and our hope are anchors. And we want to anchor not into sand, but we want to anchor to a rock. And the Bible tells us that Jesus is the rock we anchor to. And when the winds blow and the floods come and all the troubles of life try to batter us and carry us where we don't want to go, 
we're able to stay stable and fixed, and we can say, I shall not be moved because I'm anchored to a rock. His name is Jesus. Say with me, because he cannot be moved. We cannot be moved. In 1834, Edward Mote wrote the words of a poem that became a famous gospel song called The Solid Rock. Just listen to these words. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest, most persuasive frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. The second verse pulls from Hebrews 6. Here's what it says. When darkness seems to hide his face. I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, listen to these words, my anchor holds within the veil. Because our hope and faith went through that veil, through that curtain, anchored onto the presence and the rock Jesus Christ that was in that holy place. And then the chorus declares what all Christians know is true. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. So the door to heaven is open to anyone, anytime, anywhere. The road into His presence has been paved for us. And our hope of eternal life has been confirmed by God Himself. Wow, what a powerful word regarding the veil in the temple. It reiterates to me that God created an everlasting way into His presence through the shed blood of His only begotten Son. What a privilege it is each and every day to come into His presence by the new and living way created through Jesus Christ and His death on the cross. In just a moment, our announcer is going to be sharing some important information with you, our Life Talk listeners. And I want to personally thank you for your prayerful support of our broadcast. We're now reaching into every state in the Union with the good news of Jesus Christ. It's exciting to see how God has expanded Life Talk, and you helped make that possible. Be sure to join us next time for Part 3 of our Mercy Triumphs Easter series entitled, He Holds the Keys. Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to Life Talk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand. Today's broadcast or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Life Talk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Life Talk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. 
and you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Life Talk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. The Message of the Veil is the second message of Pastor Jeff's series, Mercy Triumphs. You can own a copy of this four-CD set for just $20 plus shipping. Log on to LifeTalkRadio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Mercy Triumphs, for only $20 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.